0: I'm Ronnie is gonna bring our special.
1: There's a lot of songs nowadays written with me, my uh, I in it, but this here, I like this song it's called uh, "Broken Rose," and it talks about the Lord and dying on the cross and rising again. Words cannot describe His beauty as upon the stem it grows. Matchless in its glory, the tender little rose, when its petals are broken, its greatest beauty, it shows, for sweeter the fragrance of the broken rose. The most beautiful rose was broken one day, nailed to the tree on a hill far away. Forsaken by his friends, bruised by his foes. How sweet is the fragrance of heaven's broken rose. Then they laid the broken rose in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, the rose again did bloom. Now to the heights of heaven Down to the deepest hell The fragrance of heaven's rose Will continually dwell The most beautiful rose Was broken one day Nailed to the tree On a hill far away Forsaken by his friends Bruised by his foes How sweet is the fragrance Of heaven's sweet rose Forsaken by his friends Bruised for you and me how sweet is the fragrance of heaven's broken rose.
0: Thank you, Ronnie. Ms. Barber, do you know you have the best choir in Southeast Arkansas? <laughs> Man, wow. That's a great song, anyway. Much less to hear our choir sing it, and uh, we are blessed with an awesome choir and people to to uh, sing and just use their talents for the Lord, and and we can sing along with them. i was singing along with the choir. Uh, I like to sing in the cantata. Uh, There's just it's, it's. I've tried singing in the choir on Sunday morning, but it's just too much happening, and I'm getting pulled in a lot of different directions. So I said I've got to simplify. And uh, so I enjoy singing with the the Christmas cantata and whatnot. Um, this is the last of the Family Matters series. We'll uh, have some uh, be praying and be praying for me always, and many of you do. And I get feedback all the time, uh, preacher praying for you, praying for you as you preach the Word. And I hear it in your prayers and I feel it and I know it. So pray for me as God directs me, not, not only in series, but... A series are a good way to cover not only like chapters, but subjects and whatnot in the Bible. And, uh, so as the Lord directs me in the, the next several weeks and opening up another series of messages that would be beneficial to you, of course, anything that comes out of this book obviously is beneficial to all of us. Face to face relationships is the way I want to end this. I think this is the sixth in this series and, uh, you know the husband-wife relationship, the children relationship, the parenting, the difficulties, the ups and downs of life. There's uh, we're going to see this morning from God's holy word that God desires a face-to-face relationship with you, and the best relationships here on earth are also face-to-face relationships. So uh, that's what we're going to look at. Second John. Any chapter, as I like to say, any chapter you want. Second John, verse twelve. Let's all stand for the reading of God's holy word. And it says, "Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak." face-to-face why that our joy may be full father i thank you for this time to look at your holy word and maybe there's somebody here that needs a relationship with you and maybe there's a relationship that needs to be restored father that your holy spirit would lead us and guide us in jesus name amen you may be seated I wanted to uh, talk about uh, what I've called a post-human culture, and uh, we and that sounds kind of strange. I read that somewhere, and we live in a, a day where technology has become so powerful. One of the things, of course, that you see in many restaurants is people on their cell phones and not talking to each other and you see that everywhere you see it sometimes face to face and uh or you see that and may- maybe you don't see it and uh you don't see it happening you don't see it going on but that you say in a lot of this that we'll discuss in this introduction is maybe not something that the older generation has a problem with because they're not engrossed in their cell phones the way the younger generation are but Anybody can do this smartphones. Have they made our lives better? Uh, yes, in certain areas instant information look stuff up different things like have like that, but also is a is a distraction. So it's good and it's bad. It's kind of like the Internet and TV. It's easy to be distracted nowadays with all the gadgets you can plug in and hook onto yourself, just a, a lot of stuff. But, you know, I remember back whenever it was the, the video games and the Game Boys, and now it's cell phones. It's no different, and it's the same thing. Uh, down through the years, even before, uh, when I was growing up, and uh, I was the remote control. There weren't no such thing as a remote control. I was the remote control. Hey, son, can you go turn the channel? And uh yeah, we got to look out we're distracted all the time. We don't want to hit anybody with all the distractions. But uh there's a constant tug going on in our lives. There's there's a and I ask you this question, do you think it's possible that your personal electronics, your phones maybe they have uh separated us from the people around us? We're not connected to the people that's right there beside us. And, you know, you might be so distracted, you might walk into a pole. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I was researching some pictures for this and there's all sorts, they call it, uh, texting, uh, falls and people have fell into holes and walked into poles. And I mean, you don't want to get married while you're texting, but that's the pull that, uh, that's the, the distraction in the pull. Matter of fact, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, Trey and I have talked about this, about different youth events. There's different youth events and different things where they would have a basket and have everybody turn their cell phones in. I mean, just because why? It's a constant pull. I gotta check Instagram. I gotta check, what, has anybody tweeted? Has anybody posted anything on Facebook? Has anybody done this? Do I have any? And if you're more like me, I'm all, I'm all, my pull is especially, uh, my email. My, you know I' a missionary, and I checked this and read this article and I need to read this fox News article and I wonder and and then uh there's there's certain things you can do, and what we're going to do is we 're going to set this is just a common element a common distraction uh it's getting matter of fact it's becoming more invasive now uh, matter of fact have have you ever lost your phone you know there's a uh, you know how do you feel when you lose your phone? And, uh, Norman lost his phone one time and ended up in Africa. And, uh, there he is. <laughs> and, uh, he did. He was loading the container at the warehouse and his, his, uh, his phone went to the ivory coast of Africa. He said it, and by the way, they mailed it back. It spoke a different language and it came back. And, uh, but, uh, it's pretty cool and neat story. Ask him about it. But, you know, panic, desperate, sick, relieved. And, uh, apparently if you have Lookout, which is a Android antivirus thing. But, uh, but there's also, today I was reading an article about this. I picked it up at Dr. Ferguson's office. It was the Time magazine about the, we're going to the smartwatches coming out. Smartwatches, I've got a, a little device here. And, uh, you know, these things will tell you, this thing here, and this is supposed to be the, it hasn't even come out for sale yet that I know of. It might have, and I don't know. And, uh, but these smart devices you wear, uh, smart wearables that you have, did you know they'll tell you to get up and move? They'll tell you get up and move. And then you're supposed to, some of them are so smart, you're supposed to input your calories and what you're eating. Basically it tells you get up and move and put that down and don't eat that. You say i don't want one of those watches if it's going to tell me get up and move and don't eat that you know basically do i input the four-layer delight that i'm about to dig into no i'm not going to input the four-layer delight you know and it's getting so invasive that can we we can't even turn it off there's a this is just a uh dreaming idea about the eye implant that you instead of wearing it that you actually implant well uh, do you want that in your right hand or your forehead you know and uh, that's the mark of the beast you know the implant that's that te- kind of technology has been talked about in, for years but while it, all this is is a pull and sure technology is good but what it what it's done you look around and people are no longer carrying on face to face conversations anymore the bible says this is the best thing face to face conversations Now there's certain things you can do. I want to give you a few tips before I move on to our main points. Have a media free time in your home. If you have kids, if you don't have kids in your home, this is not that big a deal. But if you have kids in your home, even grandkids, this, this could be something, uh, learn to, uh, don't, don't just turn your phone to silent. Put it in airplane mode. If you don't know what that is, all you gotta do is ask anybody 20 and under. (laughs) And, uh, they'll, Airplane. Basically, it just makes it into it's now a you know, calculator, you know. And a matter of fact, I've got a I, I love my I love and dislike my AT&T service. One of the things I love about it is that I can turn all my kids' smartphones into a dumb phone with a push of a button, and I can instantly and it, all their data is they can't get to it unless they can get to Wi-Fi. But all it is is I sometimes there's ways that you need to turn things off. Don't, don't, uh, don't allow them at the dinner table. Just say, okay. And, and I've seen this, you know what I've seen? And again, it's, what it is, is a pull of distract a pull of, a pull away from face-to-face relationships, which the Bible speaks of holding. I've seen kids before, somebody else's phone dings, buzzes, or goes off. And they, nobody's getting it. And they get a little anxious because there's nobody checking the phone. And you know, that, is that a pull? That's a pull. Because they think somebody's got to check it. So what if it went off? There's an answer machine there. <laughs> and so what if it went off? I'll read the text later. But what is it? We live in that pull. The generation, to some of us, it's no big deal, but we're raising a generation. Or there's a pull of distraction, neither good nor bad. It's how you use it or abuse it or how it, you let it manipulate your life. Does it control you or do you control it? But it's been, it's there's all sorts of things. When the remote control first came out, you know, uh, wives wanted to have a conversation with their husband. They couldn't because... There's a TV in front of them. There's a distraction. So there's all sorts of things that you can do. Uh, <clears throat> Trey and I were talking about this, about notifications. Basically, your phone interrupting you. <laughs> and uh, so you can turn those things off. Interruptions out. What? Let's, let's look at this. What hinders relationships? The Bible says, according to the very first verse that we read, the Bible says in Isaiah that there's a... There can be a hindrance in Isaiah 59, verse 2. There's a hindrance to relationships. And we know that this hindrance is sin. The Word of God says here, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And notice this. And your sins have hid what? His face from you. Now think of the, you know this this John's writing to this this uh, woman this group and uh, many people tried to figure out who John back in Second John who he was writing to but either way you can apply it either way but uh, he was writing to this group to this lady and he was saying I'm looking forward to coming to see y'all but I can't write everything down it's better if I come visit you face to face. That's what John said in Second John 12. And that's the best way to handle anything. I've seen the technology today is great. I remember the very first time texting came out. But folks, you cannot solve problems. You can if you say, where would you leave the milk? You know, or something like that. But you can't solve people problems with a text. You can do. A, you can try maybe over the phone with somebody, hearing somebody's voice. You can do that. But the best way to solve problems and help a relationship is face to face. That's the best way to solve problems. The best way to deal with your husband, your wife, your kids. Yes, there's. A, you could you could call somebody. I called and talked to my mom and my dad this morning. I can't drive five hours, but I can pick up that phone and talk to them. But guess what? The Bible says here that something comes between us and God's face. Which means, uh, what does it mean? Our relationship with Him. And guess what this something is? It's sin. So what hinders? I'm too busy to pray, Brother Michael. I'm too busy for my family. I'm too busy for my kids. I'm too busy. Something's got to give. Something's hindering you having a relationship. I was reading this, uh, article about a well known preacher. And his, uh, he and his wife were having a lot of problems. And <clears throat> he was, I'm a pastor of thousands, thousands. And, uh, And his wife were having these these problems, and this other licensed counselor, also pastor writer, was his counselor and said, You've got to get away. And so they did. They got away and they were working on their marriage. And they were strengthening their marriage. Unfortunately, one of the big members of the church said, Preacher, pastor. Uh, There's a person that needs to speak with you very bad. I know this is not a good time, but they're planning on making a $10 million donation to the church. This is true, true story. Could you come just for this one day, and then you can go back? He left that retreat to go take care of that situation. And the wife said, I know I'll never rank number one in your life, and he lost his marriage because it wasn't a priority. I'm too busy. You see, there are certain priorities. Number one, your relationship with God should be number one. Number two, your relationship with your wife and your or your spouse and your family. That's it. You keep those things in that order. job, all that other stuff, all that other stuff, keep that behind. Everything else will work its way out. But just because of that one decision, you think, well, I, you know, a guy thinks, well, this is, I can just knock this out and go back to it. But it wasn't a priority. And so a lot of times, what what is it? And it says right here in God's holy word, your iniquities, which is a, another way of saying sin, has separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that you will not hear, you will not listen. Another thing not only sin, but you can I call it wrong relationships. In the book of Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen <clears throat> it says here, but be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Now don't take this and say, well, uh, Brother Michael doesn't want us, or the Bible says that we shouldn't have lost friends, or or Friends that are sinners, well, let me let you in on a secret. You're a sinner. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how many things you think you do good. You're just as much a sinner as anybody in Ashley County Jail. you say, no, 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 yeah, you are. I mean, without Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. That's it. No matter how good you think you are, no how I many, you make all the lists and scales balanced out because our, we don't compare ourselves to each other. You compare yourself to the Lord. <laughs> and that's why the Bible says we all fall short, okay? That's why we need a savior. So this wrong relationships means having a relationship where I'm not I I don't have the influence, I don't have the lead, I don't have the... Or it's pulling me, wrong relationship, it pulls me away from God. Speaking of, you can have a relationship, some people do, with their phone. I love my phone. I love, I'm, you know, I mean, today it's so enthralling that, you know, if if that red battery light comes on in a teenager's life, that's why they all walk around either with an extra battery pack or a charger. (laughs) Because if it gets to zero percent their life is over at least it seems that a way but that this, what it is it's a pull i may miss something in other words wrong relationships i have wrong people wrong places and wrong passions a big pull today i mentioned this wednesday night or the previous wednesday whatever about this big pull called fifty shades of gray basically pornography for women and if you're pulled in that direction, it's about wrong passions. It is. And it's a pull. Now, th- this is not anything new. There's always been stuff like that. Before, it's just getting a lot of attention because there's a movie coming out. But that's all it is. It's pornography for here, not for here. But now that it's a movie, maybe. But it's, it's a pull. It's wrong passions. It's, 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 it goes against God's Word. No need to preach against it and give it more attention than it deserves, but there's all sorts of wrong passions in a man's life and a woman's life. Let me, let me just boil it down. Anything that pulls you away from the standards of God's Word, I've got them, you've got them. Anything that pulls you away from the standards of God's Word is a wrong passion. It is. And don't knock yourself if you read it or looked at it. Just say, hey, that's a wrong passion. Even my cell phone could be a wrong passion. Again, what is this? It's about having a face to face relationship with God. What, and what comes between us and God? Sin. You see what I mean? It's a pull away from His standard. And that's what I want to preach and share with you this morning. Now, these wrong passions, now, the best relationships are face to- face. Back in our text in Second John chapter 12, why does he want to meet with this person face to face? I have many things to write to you, but I'm not going to tell because I can't wait to see you. How many of you have ever seen somebody you haven't seen in a long time, and you were excited and you wanted to catch up with them? You want to catch up with them. And that excitement is there. There's also a neat story about Moses, and they were going through a really rough time. And the whole story is in Exodus chapter 33, and it's a neat story. But I love this verse inside of that story, Exodus 33, 11, where it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, how? Face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. Wouldn't that be cool? But! Every time Moses and God had this conversation, there was, because God is so holy and He's so awesome. Think about this. Now, we have a relationship with Him. We're imperfect. How do we do it? We do it through Jesus and through the Word of God. Okay, Moses, he didn't have a copy of the Bible. Matter of fact, God used him to help write it, the first five books of the Bible. And he's writing down the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Somebody was talking about how Leviticus is boring. It's got some interesting scriptures. That's true, it mostly is, but, you know, stuff like don't pick on deaf people. Do you know that's in there? Don't pick on deaf people or blind people. Leviticus 19, 14. That's a cool verse. And so just, and so there's cool verses in all of that. And guess what? Moses had a relationship with God face to face, but God had to always put something because he's so holy. He put smoke and fire, a cloud, a burning bush, a veil of some, something always had to be there because God is so holy that he said, I can't, we can't lock eyeballs. That's something that I always enjoy. When I have a conversation with somebody, I like to look people in the eye. When I shake your hand, I look you in the eye, and it's just something about making it's personal contact that I care enough to do. And guess what? God desires the same thing with you and me. And so Moses had this relationship; and he wanted face to face. And then there's also not only what I call joyful relationships. Face-to-face relationships There's also selfish relationships Excuse me, unselfish Or selfless In John chapter 15 That's a typo And I think in your bulletin It should be John 15, 13 The Word of God says this It says Greater love hath no man than this That a man lay down his life For his friends now, That doesn't mean that now, yes, people have laid down their lives for their friends, but how can you, you say, well, I, what if God never calls me to jump in front of a bullet or jump on a hand grenade or do something else like that? Folks, you can lay down your life for your friends by putting others ahead of yourself. Being taken the back seat, lifting others up, saying, I want you to be successful. I want you to have a close relationship with God. That's being selfless. That's having a relationship with people. I want people. Think about this. And I've asked the guys this. Is your spouse closer to the Lord because of your influence? That's pretty cool. What kind of relationship are you having there? So a selfless relationship. I also call this speaking of guys and gals here this morning in First Peter chapter three verse seven. I call it an understanding relationship. Y'all didn't know all these relationship verses were in there, did you? The Bible says in First Peter three seven. I, Chuck, I loved your picture. I don't know who posted that book. Who, somebody who posted that picture, the book. Cliff Douglas. Okay. And uh, he's working or sleeping this morning, or is he here? And uh, <laughs> he posted a picture, a book on understanding women. It was three and a half feet thick. And he was open to page 20. So he had a long ways to go to understanding women. But the Bible does have a verse about understanding women. It does. It's right here. It says, hey guys... That's the country boy version. Hey, guys, look here. Husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor, lifting her up. Unto the wife as the weaker vessel, which means this. God did not design her like you. Now, some guys just let this go right over the head, won't ignore it. Why can't you be more like me? Why are you crying again? Didn't you just cry about that 30 seconds ago? What's up? This is a this is a moment where us guys is going right over our head. That uh, was it say? as under the weaker, but doesn't now weaker here is talking about physically. Well, there are some some gals I know and probably take care of themselves. You know, probably beat up a guy. But overall, overall, God's saying this. And most spousal abuse is a guy taking advantage of a woman. But it says, i got to understand her. She's the weaker vessel. Her heart can break. Where mine is just cold and calloused and I don't give a flip. And the woman, I can't understand why she wired this way. That's why it says, what does it say? Dwell with them according to knowledge. Why? If you don't respect your wife the, as a help that God designed for you, if you don't give her honor, if you don't realize she is the weaker vessel, and a lot of times it's here. You know, something that never hurts your feelings, and you're, and you're thinking, and, and this is one of the mysteries of life, and her feelings are hurt, and you can tell it by the look on her face, but you don't know why. And you're thinking, how many guys have been, maybe I'm the only one. That has ever hurt his wife's feelings but couldn't figure out for 24 hours how I did it or what I say. And the thing I said, I said in total innocence, but I've got to figure out why in the world did I upset her and who And it's a mystery and I'm only on page three of that book, but it says here. Oh, by the way, so what is this about? I've got to have a relationship of understanding. A relationship of understanding is right here in God's Word. And then, <clears throat> and then of course, a relationship with friends. That's a, that's a bunch of neat verses, but I want to hurry up. And uh, you can look at those later. I want to hurry up and get to eternal relationships. And I think I put it in your bulletin that says that God is crazy in love with you and desires a relationship with you. The neat story... Uh, found in Luke 19, is the story of Zacchaeus. And just looking at that really quick, it says this. In Luke chapter 19, verse 5, When Jesus came to the place, He looked up and He saw Him and said unto Him, Zacchaeus, hurry up! (laughs) And come on down, for today I must abide at thy house. That's verse 5. And then in verse 6 it says, And he made haste, which means he got on out of the tree, and he came down and received him joyfully. Uh, When Jesus did this, he was criticized. Did y'all know that? When Jesus did this, he was criticized. Because of the kind of guy he talked to. And the morning relationship. Zacchaeus, I need a relationship with you. Just a few pages over, I love this. We spoke here a while back on the woman at the well getting saved. And is there somebody here that needs to be saved? Because John 4, 4 says that he needed to go through Samaria because there's a lost person there. Uh, I was listening to David Jeremiah. I'm gonna go ahead and get my Bible ready and you get yours ready in Revelation chapter 20. And we got so much going on today. I was listening to David Jeremiah. Neat quote. He said this You know, a church is trying to do and trying to do and trying to do. And a lot of times, this you will, uh, want to do something, you want to reach people. And the world says it this way, uh, or maybe even church members. Well, Brother Michael, before we do that, how much does it cost? And that's, that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that question. But God says, how much is it worth? Say, so, well, we can reach 400 people with the gospel. that's a lot of money. Well, what's it worth? You see what I mean? I know we can't do everything. But the world says, how much does it cost? And God says, how much is it worth? And if you have a relationship with God, or if you don't have a relationship with God, it comes down to this eternal relationship. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? As we prepare for our hymn of invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I thank you for um, your desiring a relationship with us. Because of that, you sent your Son. and He is our Savior. If there's someone here that's never... They, they may say they believe in God and believe in Jesus. But have they ever prayed and asked you to be their Savior, desiring a relationship with you? Father, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name. Amen.